Welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution Podcast, where women are magical and empowered. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday, psychologist turned transformational feminine business coach. This podcast is for you if you want to prioritize your own pleasure, face your fears, and manifest your desires. This podcast is sponsored by the Fearless Feminine Academy, where I teach women how to turn their trauma into their superpowers. My goal is to show women that we can heal our world by creating time and financial freedom by doing whatever the fuck we want. Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. I'm so honored that you're here. Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome. I am super excited today to introduce my good friend, Alvia, to you. I would just like to say that Alvia is an amazing person, um, an awesome, fearless, feminine graduate. Um, And we're going to talk a lot about, um, you know, your journey and what's come up for you. So I'll let you do a little brag. Intro. Okay. <laughs> so my name is Alvia. I am a, a trans and non-binary demi-boy from Finland and I do astrology, all kinds of artistic things, YouTube uh, and all kinds of weird metaphysical stuff in in just like I would say I do it in my whole life. So it's not just my business, but it's like it's a lifestyle. <laughs> I think that's the best kind of business is like, if I can support your lifestyle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I really love it. (laughs) That's amazing. So like, tell us a little bit about like your background. Like, how did you know that this was kind of your destiny? Like, how did you kind of step fully into your life? Oh, there I did it. I just like asked you five questions. (laughs) (laughs) You just go for whatever one made sense. Like, just tell us about your journey. Basically, uh, yeah, I am in Finland at the moment, and uh, this is where I always lived. But uh, there's always been something, uh, something about just me and in relation to other people where I kind of feel very different and where I kind of feel just like I don't always fit in. And... And the thing is, I have always been artistic, creative, and sensitive. I have always been kind of, you know, like I kind of said, kind of weird and different. So how I kind of found my journey into what I'm doing now, (laughs) that's, uh, again, that's something that I could talk about forever because there's kind of so many different, different paths that I kind of took on the way. So... How would I start to talk about that? I well, wonder. <laughs> well, I'm curious about the starseed part. You know, that's part of your chosen name. Um, yes. Would that okay. to be a big piece of it? Yeah, it is. Because that kind of gave me some, like, explanations on to why I'm so weird. And uh, and we're reclaiming weird, right? Because I think you're yeah. like, <laughs> yeah and so be weird (laughs) yeah I feel like there there was something about the the starseedness that really directed my path even like further 
onto where I'm now. And um, that was that was not the only thing that that gave me a spiritual awakening. Like I've always been very spiritual. Even when I was a Christian, I asked God's help to roll up this snowball to make it like really big. And then everyone was like, how the heck did you do that? How the heck did you make such a big snowball? <laughs> and it's like, I was a little kid back then. Uh, so yeah, that was, that's just a funny childhood story. But it's like, like moment. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's one of those things like where you do these things as a kid that really just um, show you show you kind of how how that thing already started back then. And so that's like one of those things. Uh, so I always had a belief in something bigger and I don't know, somehow trusting in that things will turn out okay, I suppose. Even though I had like, this is the other thing. I had the complete opposite thing also happen where I felt like there was no reason to continue. And that like just living was not a thing that I wanted to do. So uh, I think that's another quite a big part on why I do what I do, because of course I wanna like, I wanna inspire people and I want people to see that there are better days and that there are possibilities to make your circumstances work for you. I'm kind of, I've always been the type of person who doesn't wanna be a victim of a circumstance. It's like, I always like refuse. <laughs> so I'm like always doing something to make those circumstances work for me or to just get into a completely new set of circumstances as much as I possibly can. So, so there's like a lot of persistence over here. <laughs> so <laughs> that's it. That's beautiful. And I think, you know, I have a lot of clients who have like the semicolon tattoo, um, who've struggled with suicide. And I just really want to normalize that, that suicidal thoughts is a symptom of depression. And it's been really powerful for me to witness as a therapist, as my background, as um, people wanting to die and taking, you know, going ahead with an attempt and then doing it in a lethal way and living. And it's interesting. The research says something like 90% of suicides fail. And, um, I think that's like a very spiritual like moment. And I've seen the range of like relief to like being really pissed off. Oh, I can't even get one thing like that. Right. And so I, I just think it's just such a powerful process. And I think people have a lot of shame around talking about suicidal thoughts. And I think that we really need to lift the stigma of mental health and the stigma of suicide, because like legit, if you look up the symptoms of depression, like it's a symptom. And so, yes. uh, you know, that's just, I think something that really needs to be widespread knowledge because I think so many family members, friends, even professionals like freak out around suicide and it's, it's an intrusive thought, you know, and, and it is something that with the right kind of treatment, you know, can be very like curable. So like, what yeah. was it to you? Like, cause I feel like it's a message. How, how did you sort of like recognize that like something needed to shift in your life or your identity? Uh, what do you mean exactly around identity? Well, like, do you feel like, I guess I'm wondering if that was part of, you know, coming to realize that you were a dummy boy. Like what was, were those two things related? Cause I've seen a lot in my clients' lives 
that, and the research even says that like LGBTQ plus are more likely to have experienced mental health issues because of the oppression, because of the lack of acceptance, because of like, particularly for trans individuals, like the difficulties with transitioning or being accepted and the homophobia, transphobia. So just wondering if those things were related for you or what was your experience? Yes, they were in a way, but then also like the reason why I love your mission so much, why I love Fearless Feminine is because we're smashing the patriarchy over here. And I do actually believe that most of my issues were rooted down in patriarchy because even as someone who was assigned female at birth and people tried to raise me to be a girl or a woman, whatever, uh, people tried to raise me into that role. I feel like people were brainwashing me into that. That's an honest experience. I feel like I was brainwashed. Um, but the thing is, a big part of that was that, you know, even as as the, the weak gender, <laughs> I was like um, put down for having sensitivity and like strong emotions. And that is like the most fucked up thing that's like anyone ever would have to go through. So like to, to have that like push towards the gender who's supposed to be like cultivating that, I think that is like even worse. <laughs> so, so that was a big part of it. And of course, like patriarchy loves to just like smash everyone else apart from the strongest that it's like. I don't know, maybe I just kind of grew into wanting to root for the underdogs in a way. And I still do, so I'm like... Well, I love that because I think brainwash is the right word. And even if you are cisgender, like I think the patriarchy does really brainwash everyone, you know? Um, I agree. Like you said, into like, you know, highly individual, you know, competition, consumerism, like all of those sort of things, colonialism, all you know, and so, you know, in the therapy world, we, it's kind of universal that for most people, when they start to cry, they'll be like, I'm so sorry, I'm crying. Yeah. (laughs) And um, there's a lot of shame that goes with being vulnerable and being emotional. And really in reality, that's like one of the strongest things that you can do. And it takes a tremendous amount of courage. And so, you know, we have that backwards. Um, And I think that's a patriarchal piece where, we can debate thoughts and I think thoughts are like a little more easier to control. But like, if you feel something deeply, it's like kind of harder to argue out of that. And so I think that's why we went away from feelings-based things like the unseen, you know, spirituality, creativity. And, and I know those are like big emphasis for you. So yeah, what was it like to reclaim those things? I don't know. It was like the most healing thing ever, I suppose. And, like, there were a lot of parts of myself that I repressed until, let's say, about 17. But then I moved out, and I was able to finally be myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, then, like, therefore, moving back was kind of hard. But <laughs> I'm hoping to get to get out soon again, so I can be myself again. I mean, yeah. I can still be myself now, of course. I'm very much myself now, but. Well, I've definitely seen for clients that it's really heartbreaking that for the most part, I think 
parents go through some kind of like grief process because they viewed their child as like one certain gender and we construct like a whole identity around that gender. And so, you know, I, I find that um, just in my witnessing over the past, you know, 10, 15 years of working with people that I find that people, parents tend to be a little more okay with like coming out versus coming out as trans. And so I think you need even more support um, when you're trans or transitioning because like your whole world is changing. Um, So I really wish uh, there was more like widespread knowledge. I wish there was more resources for family members because that like belonging and acceptance of your family, like that's root chakra. It's like so important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is very true. And I do feel like a part of like why I have always, not always, but like for a long time in my life, I have had a trust issues. And it is because when I was a child, I also felt that like from not just from friend groups, but from my family also, like mm-hmm. there was that sort of where people were acting differently to what they said. So they were like, okay, we're, we're friends we love you but uh then they would go and act in a different way they would bully me or go into bullying and you know same with family members there would be that that weird like okay i love you but do something very like not nice and you know kind of manipulative at the same time yeah, there's that like control piece. And, you know, I think with yeah. starseed, like a lot of times, I think light worker, starseeds, you know, indigo, rainbow, crystal, whatever you identify as. Yeah. Some <laughs> of us feel like that we don't belong, or like you said, like we're strange, we're different, you know, and like there's that sort of popular meme that says, like, you're here to create kind of the new world. And that's why you yeah. feel like maybe you literally like came from a different world. And, yeah. Um, you're here to like kind of do your mission. But I think that alienation piece can feel really tough. And then um, to have like the, you know, LGBTQ plus sorts of, you know, layers over it. I think it, could you say just from your own experience, like how can people like respect and honor you? Like if people listening here um, have a trans individual in their life, like what tips, because there's easy things you can do, like honor pronouns or, you know, whatever else you would suggest. What would you like to see? Yeah, just learn to use new words. Also be, like, okay and flexible with, like, if the person you're, you're with who is trans, if they want to change their pronouns, then be okay with that because that's their process. That's what that person needs. And sometimes we want to experiment, like, I'm currently in in that more masculine experimentation where I'm kind of trying out different words, different pronouns. I mean, I've gone by they, them for most part, and that's like, that's not going to be a problem at any case, but I'm also kind of exploring with he, him pronouns and more masculine words. So. Yeah, I think that's great because, um, you know, it's so simple and I think people are afraid to make a mistake and it's not like there's a universal correct thing. I think it's like, if, if ever a person's like, I want to honor you, but I don't know, just like ask, you know, like asking does a lot. And, you know, one thing we kind of talked about was my, uh, 
fearless feminine revolution Facebook group at a time, it was like the healers revolution and it was open to everybody. And then at a certain point I decided to like focus it more. My sort of work was with women. And so, you know, for a lot of individuals who are trans, like when we see, you know, a dead name or when we see like, uh, you know, a certain pronoun that doesn't fit their identity, it can be very like triggering and jarring. So, you know, that was a tough decision because that you were like an amazing member. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I had to do it for myself. Yeah. Tell yeah. me the triggers that go along with that. Cause I think people don't get why the pronouns are such a big deal. Yeah, they are because you're like then thrown into this group of people that isn't you and you're like it's like people are trying to smush you like in there like yeah just go there you're one of us now <laughs> like I, I don't know if that really explains it properly but like like even though I love the mission and all that it was just like I cannot be grouped together with women because I'm not yeah. a woman so yeah uh, and the dysphoria pieces, it can be very intense for individuals. Yeah. Like, like it's literally, you know, what I've heard from my clients is like, it's painful. Yeah, it is. It truly is. The dead name also, like, please don't go and ask people's dead names. That's like very disrespectful. Just being honest, just being real. Yeah, tell us. It, it is like, it is disrespectful and... Like, I just don't want anyone to know my dead name. Um, but then again, like, the even the more painful part of this is that it's, like, my name Alvia is not even my legal name yet. So it's like, I still have to write that to, like, legal documents, my dead name and everything, and, like, in, in my mail and stuff. So it is very painful. But um, I can still introduce myself as Alvia and, you know, that stuff. So, but yeah. it doesn't mean that Alvia isn't my real name because it is. It is, yeah. And my death name isn't. That provides you like a certain level of safety because it's your, yeah. your chosen name is like, you know, it is your real name and it's congruent with how you view yourself. And yeah, I've helped clients go through like changing the name officially, like on driver's licenses. I've helped clients um, get hormones to transition, kind of all of those things. And I feel like it's really... Um, important because that gives them a sense of control and safety. And, you know, a lot of times in the coaching fields, we talk about being fully expressed. It gives people an opportunity to be fully expressed. And I feel like that's really important because for a lot of people dealing with trans issues, like it is life and death, you know, like they, they, they need to step into that new identity um, to, to live. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you like sharing your story and being vulnerable and like talking about it because I think it can do so much good um, to hear why these things are important um, and just like kind of enhance, you know, people who are like cisgender and just maybe haven't had direct experience with it, why these things are so important. Yeah. You've got so many like other amazing talents too. I want to highlight those. <laughs> like, let me just say, um, can I like brag on you as an astrologer a little bit? Um, y'all know that I'm an astrology, like aficionado buff, um, a little <laughs> obsessed. Like I love it so much. I've been giving like 
<laughs> if you're a client of mine, I'm like, oh my God, an eclipse is coming. Like, watch out. Or like, <laughs> right now, like all of my therapy clients have been really angry. And so we have <laughs> like Saturn, Pluto, Mars and all of those things going on. And even if they yeah. like even if they're not into that and they kind of look at me like I'm crazy, I still am like, okay, well, everybody's <laughs> right now. So um, I think that that is kind of a thing. But you gave me like a tremendous gift, which is you did readings for, for me, um, my partner and my child. And we have, I mean, I'm sure you have like a window into our family now, like the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> profiles line up and um it was so helpful to understand and it was unlike any reading I've ever had because I have done you know several readings because like I said I'm obsessed because first of all you did like the synastry I don't know if I said that right but basically like kind of the overlap and the missing pieces I'll let you talk about that more um but it was so and then you had these like tips on if there was like a difficult aspect or like a tendency that could kind of like cause harm like how to honor that and it felt like um kind of like a personality profile and a therapy (laughs) like it was so amazing it was like tremendous and there was so much information in it and it was just like unlike anything I've ever seen before so I just want to like honor you you have an incredible gift everyone you know I highly recommend like, book a reading, um, you know, get your, get your charts done. Um, and you know, you have other gifts, like you have your tarot deck, you have your YouTube channel. So tell us a little bit about like how astrology and creativity kind of helped you like heal and became such a passion. Okay. So, so astrology has been something that's like, I will get always kind of had a little bit of an interest in, uh, and I would always like, I would literally remember everyone's zodiac signs. <laughs> like I would always like be super curious on what everyone's signs were and all that. But then I got to like into into it like super hardcore a few years ago when I got more into witchcraft and that type of stuff. Um, and so, so it's kind of like it's a later passion, but it's still a passion regardless. Um, and so then I just went into do a bunch of study and I always like to just look at people's charts even if I wasn't like interpreting them properly or anything like that I just wanted to look at them because the visual part of it is like that gives me the most in a way and then of course I do the whole like deep dive into the rulerships and the relationship between planets and that type of stuff and I find it so interesting because that's like how the energy plays together in a person's chart. And then, of course, like you mentioned, the, the synastry thing, that is also something that's like more of a recent interest for me. So, uh, like, I wouldn't say that I'm like the most knowledgeable in that. I'm, I'm a lot more um, knowledgeable and I don't know what the, what the right word is, but I'm, I'm a lot more knowledgeable in, in like the personal energy things and kind of how to how to look at those how they work together but yeah then about the creativity bit I feel like that is just something so self-empowering and it's also very kind of self-aware in a way because when you make art even if it's for a therapeutic purpose that's when you become more like self-aware of what's going on within you kind of like uh 
you see your inner experience on that thing and then also like there is something also like very magical about it even if it isn't like professional art but it's like you're creating things you're making them real <laughs> so it's like you can get very creative with that like in other ways too so like say you make a vision board that's like a very typical like manifestation tip that everyone throws out there make a vision board well isn't that kind of artistic in a way it is and i actually when i made my new vision board like i i made a new vision board on the lion's gate portal date mm -hmm. i've been getting super into that galactic stuff like yeah. even more recently so i used that energy to make my new vision board <laughs> so i made it a lot prettier than the previous one <laughs> because it's just like over there can we peek at it <laughs> let's see if you can see it there you I go and it. i also made this thing this thing is actually this is like a money type of painting thing it's like a frequency of money or something <laughs> I love but how yeah you have your own picture in the middle of the vision board i think that's a great tip I love it. It looks so good. Thanks for sharing that yeah. with us. Yeah, it looks very good. And then like there's those miracles now affirmation cards, you know, because I had some of those. Not to not to like say that I'm fully on Gabby Bernstein's side anymore. Like the, some of those teachings have kind of grown out of me, but but some of those cards are very good, very nice. So I wanted to add them onto that one. So yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for me, like my sort of artistic breakthrough came through doing vision boards and it was just really accessible because all you really need is like, you know, scissors and like a glue stick. And so you don't necessarily have yeah. to have artistic talent, but I love collage as a medium because it can kind of get you out of, um, like, I feel like anybody can do a collage and make it look amazing. And, you know, having done vision boards pretty regularly for the past 10, 15 years, like, those things do happen. And it's amazing to look back on some of my older vision boards and be like, yes, this is it. Like I've had, you know, a picture of a house and then I end up with a house that looks just like that. Like I had even yeah. things like I put my partner's birthday about like two or three years before I met him. I had like a concert thing with that date on it. <laughs> Whoa. Um, yeah, just like I even had something with Monday, which is my married name on there. Um, and so it's just like really interesting. And I wasn't intentionally creating those things, but like my higher self knew and was like calling those things in. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that, that this is just a really powerful practice. And one of my kind of soapbox issues is I feel like, you know, we're so taught to be consumers and not creators, but what we're here to do spiritually on this earth is to like create. And so um, I feel like that's what the arts are all about. And I think so many people really are artists at heart if they're in their healthy version of themselves. And so when we don't create, we get a lot of blocked energy. And I think that's easy for it to turn into anxiety, depression, addiction, whatever. So I think um, honoring yeah. creativity is so huge. I just did like a little inner child healing. <laughs> my, I was noticing with my daughter, I was like having a real hard time slowing down to play with her. And she's always like, play with me, play with me. And I'm like an Aries. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to play. I'm <laughs> You know, and why can I not play? And so I was talking to her and she was like, I feel like your inner child is pissed at you. And I'm like, yeah, she is. Cause I like freaking working all the time and like, you know, making her do the stuff she doesn't want to do. 
too, which, you know, I'm, I'm working on that. That's why I love the pleasure-based business pieces to really just like honor your, you know, for me, I have a sacral authority. So like honoring, feeling good and like, you know, yeah. that's what builds the momentum. So like whatever that is for you, if it's creativity, if it's astrology, if it's, you know, recreating your identity, like just go for it. Like whatever feels good to you. I think, as, you know, as long as it's not like harming anyone in a, yeah. you know, it's something that's satisfying. you know I have a thing for like satisfaction you know it's like when I finished something like when I made my deck I was like oh my god it's like a thing and my book my book is right here yeah show us this is like the the draft basically so good (gasps) I I wanted this anyway because I was just like you know what I finished this and I'm gonna get one for myself but yeah now I'm like basically doing an index because like this thing doesn't have an index it's just like a little thank you page and then guess what happens (laughs) <laughs> it's just this it's, it starts after the thank you page and it's just all of the pages right back to back and then there's also a bunch of resources in the back like resources references well i love the cover uh, and I people can... and their services and me and then um there's no page numbers <laughs> yet but i'm i'm working on it i'm uh, working on it i'm gonna make page numbers and an index and it's gonna be perfect and i'm gonna fix this cover also a little bit because it is a little bit blurry and i want it to be like really good really nice and that's very intuitive of you like I totally relate to that because like the linear sometimes structure piece is like missing for me so like I would totally yeah like, without an index or like without page yeah numbers. and like, I mean it's me. <laughs> it's Virgo season so it's time for me to like please the Virgos <laughs> <laughs> you know fix things yeah Virgos can, can get what they want they can get an index and <laughs> then there's me being a scatterbrain Gemini like I just wanted to make a nice thing (laughs) yeah and you know I think a lot of times what I see like derails people from like making a business or doing a creative project or whatever is like perfectionism and so like I know that I probably wasted a lot of time I mean it was my process so I'll just honor myself and saying like it it is what it is but um, I think people just like wait till they get it perfect and then like it never happens. <laughs> and so yeah. messy inspired action, I think is like amazing yeah. and things will evolve and change and you'll do a second edition and like, you know, it just is part of it. Yeah. And like, th- that's also something that's very interesting because, you know, my Chiron is actually in Virgo. So I, I had this big lesson where I was just like, okay, why don't I just get messy for a while? Because this is going to be a wound anyway. So I'm like, just like, I don't need to be perfect. <laughs> I can just be a bit messy. But yeah. Yeah. And then of the, course. For the Virgos out there, like my dad was a Virgo and I've seen a lot of <laughs> in my practice. And I feel like um, also with the lake number three, like if you have those two things together, that's intense. My dad does. Um, you know, what I find with my Virgos is that um, they really have this wound around not feeling good enough when really like they are yeah. amazing, heartfelt usually like the backbone of like whatever yeah so sweet like like virgos virgos are so sweet and cute 
like there's a there's a part of me that gets really triggered from Virgos, but it's also like y'all are so sweet and cute, like you don't get it. They can feel it's for sure. <laughs> like it's one of those things where like I think that they put the highest maintenance on themselves and yeah. they can really hold themselves back when really like they're like probably better than like a lot of people because they're hard yeah. workers and like overachievers. So yeah. Okay, I just wanted to send that out. Send the love to the Virgos. It is Virgo season. Um, which brings me to like, wow, what a crazy time that we are at, like astrology-wise, and like I really you know, have been kind of talking on this podcast and in my mind it's the divine feminine revolution, but like what I think that really means is just like honoring mother earth. I think this balance of masculine and feminine, because it's been tipped over to the masculine, you know, and, and not healthy masculine, but like patriarchy masculine. Um, yeah. You know, I think the, the feminine has been rising. And so like, ultimately I think when we balance those things out, you know, we're going to see like the oppressive systems topple. We're going to see more like safety, equity, inclusion, some self-expression, like. Yeah. And it's already happening. It, like I'm it, already seeing it quite a bit. Yeah. So tell us like your version of that. What do you see happening? Well, like I have seen a lot of that, like inclusivity becoming a lot more like trendy. I don't really like using that word because uh, actually usually it just means that it's becoming more like more into the the public awareness but then there's also of course there's going to be that capitalistic piece that wants to like profit off of that but uh in in like other ways like i feel like this year has definitely been a lot uh like bigger in regards to those and like a lot of awareness is just happening a lot of veils are being kind of lifted and there is just a lot of a lot more clarity and I feel like just the thing with with mental health being more publicly spoken about even if it's not the taboo ones yet so like even if you don't have people really that strongly advocating for schizophrenia awareness or suicide awareness properly uh we still have more often like emphasis on taking care of one's mental health. And I have seen the hustle culture dying. That is definitely dying now at this point. And the emotional wellness is being more appreciated. So it's like, I can see these shifts happening. And uh, I think there was like one uh, group call that we had where I kind of mentioned about how how Finland is already like very aware and also like kind of on the top of their game over here. So um, it's like people are a lot more aware about those things. And of course, like we have like a very good social security system. So it's like, it's almost like nobody's left behind in a way. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. The states could take note of that because I just feel like accessibility is so huge. Like for mental health, a lot of times the people who really need it, because we know that people who are marginalized, people who um, experience poverty are much more likely to have mental health issues because they're so much pain is being inflicted on them. Like that's the normal reaction. It's not necessarily like an organic yeah. issue. It's like the after effects of like oppression and violence and you know like struggling for survival and so yeah 
think um, the more like those systems topple, the more like people are able to get the help that they need. Like you said, no one's left behind that everyone can be included and you can also be yourself. Like I feel like yeah. that's an important piece. We don't need to be all one in the sense that we all have to be one culture. Like that is like a big part of colonialism, you know, yeah. it's like, disinheriting people, you know, the indigenous or like whatever lands were taken over, like, you know, they rob people of their culture and their history. And so I think just like really for mental health, I think to be talked about, to be accessible to people and to just be normalized because I mean, I don't really know anyone right now who's not suffering with anxiety and depression. I mean, and then I think we have to look at culture and the world and go like, okay, if everybody's anxious and depressed, like what the hell? Like, what's going on? Yeah, you know? and it's yeah. Not people. It's like the culture. It's like the society. That yeah, it's the system. Um, it's the system. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I was reading something about um, systemic oppression, and it basically said like even if like even if nobody was racist in that system, the system itself is racist. So it doesn't even. Yeah people it's like built that way and I was like oh that's a really interesting distinction and I think that's part of toxic culture like we're not meant to be this busy we're not meant to be um you know hiding who we are we're not meant to be just consuming stuff all the time and so like there's a certain level of suffering that comes with that yeah yeah so like do you have a sense like astrology wise a little bit of like what's coming like are there, I know a lot of people have been freaking out lately. Like, is some of this heavier energy going to lift soon? Okay. So, so first of all, I've, I once saw an article or like a blog post or something that was just like saying that, oh, the rest of the year is going to be just as bad, if not worse. But I'm just like, no, (laughs) I I don't agree with that because, um, it's all just cycles mm-hmm. it's all neutral mm-hmm. but it's shit if you want it to be shit like go ahead create your own shit like go ahead that's that's not that's my, not my shit okay <laughs> but it's like yeah that's that's just my attitude i have a little bit of <laughs> attitude like that but um yeah basically what i see with mars retrograde that is like a very slow energy so when I think about it, even though it's in Aries, it's like a very strong placement otherwise. So um, when I think about that, I just think about it like kind of clearing activity that isn't needed for the future in a way. And then there's these other planets that are actually going direct. But the fun part is that this Mars is going to be squaring them. So then there's going to be that tension, like, I would kind of see this as maybe more on a personal level, we're going to see Mars, but on the external, we're going to see maybe more directive and transformative and reconstructive activities. So it might be that, you know, society might be ready to move on, but we aren't. That's kind of what I would think about. And then, of course, there's going to be eclipses later on in the year in November and December. Um, and I feel like that could have something to do with, say, travel restrictions being lifted. That could happen because this is Gemini Sagittarius. But it could also have something to do with 
like again, pre-construction and kind of reshuffling those things. But that's not something that I've really tapped into that much yet. I mostly just like when I when I just feel it out, I can feel more more like on the next couple of months maybe with those retrograde things. Yeah, and I've heard some uh, astrologers talk about um, with this Gemini North Node that even though there's so many big things going on in the world, um, that really it's about like, you know, fixing if you want to say fix, but like attending to yourself and your day-to-day life and like local, (laughs) you know, interesting what you said about Mars that like, you know, like some of these big things are going, but like maybe we have inner resistance to, you know, the way things were. And so I think in times where a lot of people are feeling like helpless or hopeless, I think it is really good to focus on like, well, what, how could I improve my life? Because even if you have so many restrictions, you know, there's still things you can do to like feel good and feel pleasure. Yeah. And like, that's what I'm all about. (laughs) And, you know, a lot of that internal thing, like a lot of that does, does kind of manifest, like there does have to be some kind of examination on what's going on within, because like, I just see a lot of the times some people are kind of like, I don't want to be mean when I say this, but it's like people are, are manifesting through kind of that very negative outlook, negative beliefs, focusing on the negative. It just becomes this like, you know, like a, a fur ball. That's <laughs> just like, you know, one of those disgusting things. Uh, and then just becomes like bigger and bigger because all they're focusing on is sort of that junk. Yeah, you know, a big aha moment for me in my psychology training is when I learned the definition of neurotic. It gets thrown around, but basically what it means is the tendency to experience negative emotions. So some of them are like manufacturing that by like focusing on the negative. And so like, you know, I mean, some of that is a personality piece, but I think we can we can learn to focus our attention on the positive and reinstall beliefs. If you need help with that, you know, you know who to holler at. (laughs) Yeah. And then of course, like, I think there is also a lot of beauty in honoring those negative emotions and experience, just like honoring them as for what they are. But I'm more into just becoming more neutral about those things and like knowing when something kind of is a big deal versus when something's like ready to be let go and when you're ready to move on. Yeah. And I love how you talk about neutrality because I feel like um, a lot of times the focus is on positivity, like in manifesting, but I think people forget the like really important step of like letting go, which I think ultimately is neutrality. So I I love that. And I think, um, you know, the favorite way I like to look at negativity in my therapy practice is to say like those were like survival skills that kept us safe. And then at a point we just don't need them anymore. And now they're like causing harm, but like honoring them for their wisdom in the moment when they develop, they were there to like let us survive, you know? And so that's a really powerful perspective. Um, So let's like, how do we find you? Let us buy your stuff, book a reading, like tell us. Okay. So I would firstly direct people to my YouTube channel. It is inspiring alien creations. And uh, then my Instagram is at inspiring alien. Uh, 
and then you can find your way through there. Like if you want to see what what readings I offer, what my decks look like, you can just browse over there. But those are like my main things over here on the internet. Well, I love it. And I think that you're doing just like such powerful work. Um, and, you know, in true Gemini form, you're like working on yourself and then everything else is like outgrowing out of that. And so you're yeah. living your message. And I really do feel, I don't know if you identify this way, but um, I feel like you channel a lot of like, you know, wisdom galactically. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so I do. <laughs> that's the extra edge on, you know, your art or on your astrology that is yeah. like a magical piece, which you know I'm all about magic. So yeah. anyway, love reconnecting with you. Thank you so much for like sharing who you are, sharing your story, sharing your creative influences. And I just like want to honor you so much. And I'm so excited to get to be part of like helping you get more visible online because I feel like you've got such an important like soul mission and so many people need to hear oh, this. So thank just you. honored You're to so sweet. you. And <laughs> yeah, it's great to collaborate with you. So yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. All right, everybody. Thanks. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Want to keep the conversation flowing? Find us on Facebook at the Divine Feminine Revolution Facebook group, where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts, monetize their gifts, and change the world. 